Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's time for another edition of The Brett Allen Show. It's go time. You know what Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. It felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. Welcome in, everybody. Brett Allen here. And today we are chatting with the wonderfully talented Karen Robinson about her new Netflix show, Echoes. Uh, She plays Sheriff Louise Floss. Uh, This anthology series, seven episodes, is just fantastic. We had your co-star on, Michael O'Neill, a couple weeks ago. Oh, my God. He is my absolute favorite. Look, Michael O'Neill and I, we got in the car and we drove around North Carolina and we ate everything. (laughs) Uh, He spoke very highly of you. And he asked me, he said, um, you know, do you have anybody else coming on from the show? And I said, well, we're working on getting this, you know, set up with Karen and that sort of thing. And so uh, I'm glad we were able to, uh, you know, definitely make it work. So let's talk about this show because it's absolutely spectacular. It is one of the most unique ones that I've seen and has just been met with such excitement let's talk about your involvement and sort of how this all came about for you um okay you know it starts the way it always starts with me is i get an email from my team saying audition for this and usually my first reaction is usually no i don't want to audition for anything i just want to garden and hang out and um and then you know and then i do it because it's my job i have to go out there and get jobs so i auditioned in my living room like we often do now because of you know because of the pandemic did a self tape tape in my living room and um and then forgot about it and went and gardened and hung out with my neighbors and did all of that stuff for months and then at the moment I decide to go out to visit my dad in another province, you guys have states in the states, <laughs> you have provinces in Canada. The moment I decide to go out to Alberta to visit my dad, that's when I get the call back. So then I'm in my friend's house and I'm begging them if I can use a certain room that has the right lighting and if, if you know, and can I borrow certain pieces of clothing to cobble together some kind of costume? Because this thing has to now be on Zoom. It has to be live. I also had to call my friend in Toronto because he had to read the other lines to me over the phone. So it was this whole technological setup that I had to do. And then, you know, and then they were gracious enough to give me the part after all of that. So I'm extremely grateful. Yeah. And I tell you, you know, the, the, the whole premise of this show with Michelle Monaghan leading this playing 
two different characters at the same time. They're twins, but they're just different. And then you've got your storyline involved in this and then Michael and then everybody else. It's very different and very genre bending. You've done a lot of great projects, but when you come up to something like this, when you're preparing for this type of character, is there a process that you have to sort of, you know, separate yourself from the other things that you've done and sort of get into the different mindset playing this particular person, the sheriff and, and that sort of thing? I actually don't think so. I don't. I think I approach every character individually and I, and I trust and I don't know if, if this is advisable, but I actually trust that because these projects are written by wildly different people that I have never met in my life, that the that the actual characters will be different. So I don't know if you've noticed, but I play a lot of law enforcement. People. I was gonna I was thinking about that. <laughs> I can solve crime. I can't solve crime. <laughs> anyway. In my life, but I do. I play a lot of police officers. But you know what? Um, my manager and I were having a conversation the other day, and he said, Karen, the thing is, they're all so different. And yeah. he's right. He's right. Even even Ronnie and Shits, remember she was a parole officer that one time? Yeah. With, with um uh with uh, um Alexis. But Alexis had gotten in trouble and she needed yeah, to do I remember service. that. And I was a parole officer. Like it's just it's 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 amazing to me, but they're all just so fascinating. They all have their own stories, they all have their own backgrounds. And um, yeah, and because I trust that the writers and, and they've all been spectacular are writing complete characters, I'm able to inhabit those characters. And then when it comes out the other end, they all they're all different from each other. Yeah, I mean, I get that. Like watching all of your work, including this fantastic project, um, they are very different. And I, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking about that. I was like, but that happens sometimes in this industry because I, I think it's just a testament. It's not typecasting, but you just do really well and you're very convincing, even even in the comedy genre of Shit's Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh it's it's all very different pretty hard cases. <laughs> I mean, I mean they're just all really good. So this show Echoes has been met with great praise. Uh Rotten Tomatoes has given it almost 100% on their side, which is crazy, you know, that the power of of the response of things is put into the hands of people like this but that's what drives people to this show is we watch these things and we want to be not just entertained but i think escape for just a little bit of time uh mm. into these worlds that you create as an actor and as a storyteller mm. i have to ask because i was going through your filmography and looking at all of this and you've just done some amazing things what interested you in becoming an actor or a storyteller where was was there a key moment was it a television show? Did your parents take you somewhere and you saw a movie? I always like to find out that part of your life because it's I think, fascinating. Yeah, I think I think it was um, uh, 
culmination of things. I think, first of all, I was the youngest of four children, so I had to be loud and ever-present in order to get any attention. Second of all, I think my parents were tired by the time they got to me, so they did <laughs> so, so they were like, let her go off and do what she wants to do. Everybody else they pressured into, you know, one's a doctor, another's a business, another's a banker, the other one's a business person. And me, they were like, eh, she's going through her phase and just let her, let her go. Um, but I was also lucky enough to to be um, brought up in, um, I, I was raised in Jamaica and there were several cultural figures there, the most prominent of which was um, the Honorable Louise Bennett, who basically gave me, she she took the elements of the Jamaican culture, made it into a crown and gave it to me to wear. Like I'm, I'm with all the kids of my generation growing up and watching her. And I think, I think through her, I saw the possibility of performance and storytelling as a vocation. And then when I moved to Canada, it became a, it became a reality. It became wow. a reality because then I, you know, I I saw people around me who so many more people around me. It's more difficult to do it in a developing nation, but in a rich nation like Canada, there are more people who are doing this for um for a living. And so you know, despite my parents' protests, because that's when they decided to protest is when I you know it was already like in there. Despite that, um, I I saw you know Cicely Tyson on TV. I saw Mad Sinclair on on TV. I mean, they were few and far between, but they were so compelling when they did show up. I um, I think that that little girl in me was inspired to do that. I think also my soul knew that that's where I was supposed to be. So it didn't matter what anyone else told me. And I got told a lot of stuff about, you know, why it was that I was not screen worthy. Um, yeah, I, I did it anyway. Yeah. And what a career you've had. I want to just say, you know, having been a fan of your work and watching just so many different characters that you've portrayed, I, I, I have to say just at the start that I find the world that you are a part of so fascinating. It's just different than I think what most people are used to. Um, out of all of these roles, was there ever a point in the trajectory of your career where you sort of knew, okay, I'm this is I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Was there a defining role for you or is it just sort of been a progressive ladder and each time it's like, okay, this is what I know I should be doing. It wasn't a defining role, but I, I do remember the moment. I, it was a year after I moved to Canada. Um, I'd done my last year of high school, had gotten myself into the school play, had won Best Actress in the Region or something like that. And the prize was to go to a two-week drama intensive in Northern Alberta, in Vermilion, Alberta, Canada. And um, I, together with, I, I don't know, it could, could have been like 30 other young young people from Alberta were in, um, uh, we, uh, all we did for two weeks was, was play, was theater, oh. was drama, was mask work, was like, hanging out together, was talking about our dreams. It, it, I, and I remember when I was on the Greyhound bus coming back from Vermilion, it hit me that I, I was 17 and and I remember thinking, yep, 
this is what this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. And then I had to apply to college. And back in those days, you know, you got a sheet of paper with all the different majors on it that you could possibly choose to do in college. And nothing else appealed to me. I remember it so clearly. Nothing else appealed to me but theater arts, to go and do a diploma in theater arts. And that's what I did. I was 17. Wow. And here you are uh, with this great show on Netflix, Echoes, uh, Sheriff Louise Floss. And I find your character in the show so fascinating and watching how they fit into the rest of the storyline. In this project, if there was one visceral thing that you hope viewers are able to take away from, if there is, uh, what would that be? Or just that people can be entertained, you know, for just a season of time, because this is just so good. You know, it's just fantastically done all the way around. I... The takeaway from this, I, I think it, it's so it depends on the viewers. I mean, I think you were right in what you were saying before that, you know, there is a, there is a, an entertainment um, element to to this project that I think people are craving. And when it's really good that people really flock to, I think um, also the mystery of it that throughout the entire thing, people are trying to figure out what what is going on who is who who is lenny who is gina who's the good sister who's the bad sister you know if they exist and um i i i also think that floss is is going down that same path so it's almost as though my character is is on the side of the audience I'm doing what the audience is doing in the same time, you know, on the same timeline that the audience is doing it on. Um, it, I I think all those things together, the entertainment, and and the and the mystery, and the and the, you know, and you said also that it's um that it's a great escape for seven hours, seven episodes. You know, it's a great binge. It it's is, a yeah. Way to spend your time. I love it. That's the beauty and the golden bar of Netflix is you could go on and watch something and just be entertained. And, yeah. you know, the case of when twins do things that twins might do and then gets out of hand and take things too far. A little, um, little bit. Well, thank you so much for your time, Karen. It's been a pleasure chatting and everybody, please check this out on Netflix. It's all available to watch and all the other projects. Thank you so much for your time. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care. <laughs>